Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 149, episode 5 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck Fox News, fuck Rush Limbaugh, fuck Buck Saxton, fuck Ben Shapiro, and fuck Tucker Carlson. It's Friday, September 4th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Oh, it's Jack from TDZ. Yeah, it's Jackington OB. Yeah, it's Jack of TDZ. Yeah, it's Jack from TDZ. Jack from TDZ. That is courtesy of the Plain White Tees, uh, my favorite band. That's my favorite <laughs> song. Hey there, Delilah. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined by today's special guest co-host, Lacey Mosley! Hey, what's up? It's Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. Scam Goddess, a.k.a. There's some cons in this house. There's some cons in this house. There's some crimes in this house. Scam of the week. Gonna make you freak. Big ass crime. That's gonna make your mama shriek. Yeah. 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 That's a, that was a Whopper remix from uh, 56 PC Certifiable. Yeah. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, I was also going to give you the AKA Real Dime with Bill Maher. Uh, because you are so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> I was He's never providing you He's a tent. All right. I apologize. <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, so people, ever since we talked shit about Hey There Delilah on uh, earlier this week, people have been hitting me up with like Wikipedia pages. Apparently, Delilah herself has a Wikipedia page. Uh, wow. And she was. The lead singer of the Plain White Tees never dated her. It was just like, had a crush, uh, wrote a song about her, and then she accompanied him to the Grammys when it, where he uh, like was nominated, did not win. Uh, but So she, he, he Taylor Swifted her, basically. Yeah, I guess. I don't know what that means, actually. I'm going to be honest with you. Because a bunch of the people who uh, Taylor Swift did, like, would, would talk about in their relationships and how deep they were, a lot of, some of these guys would come out and be like, it wasn't like that. Like, right. <laughs> it wasn't that deep. Right. And so I right. think she might have been making it more than what it was to get those songs popping. So maybe yeah. that's what he did. But it worked, though. He scammed her into coming to the Yeah, the and then she was like, okay. That was weird, uh, and they never dated. So, anyways, shout out to her. This supports all the uh, plain white tea shade that Blair Saki was throwing. I know, I know. <laughs> I think exactly. she was right, y'all. Uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat, finally, long overdue, the hilarious, the talented Priscilla Davies! <laughs> hey, everybody. Am I supposed How to come up with the song, you? too? You don't have no, to. No, you're going to get Okay, good. Woo. Woo. Uh, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm doing yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. How are you? You know. You know. Hanging uh, in there? Hanging in there within this uh, quarantine. Mm. Uh, have you guys met each other before? Uh, <laughs> you and Lacey? <laughs> I, uh, I think. Lacey, Priscilla. Priscilla, passing. Lacey. Yeah. In, in passing. passing. You know, yeah. I've known Priscilla for like five years. Yes, yeah. my homie. Yeah, so yeah. many years. Yeah, it's been a long five years with this one. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's great to have you on. Finally, uh, it's great to have you both on together. Uh, what a treat! Uh, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment, Priscilla. First, we are going to tell our listeners just a couple of the things we're talking about today. We are going to talk about Trump encouraging people to vote twice. We're going to talk about uh, Daniel Prude and uh, Dijon Kizzy, two black men who were murdered by the police uh, on camera again. So uh, that's happening again constantly. Uh, we're going to do a Sturgis update. We're going to do a Mengazi update with uh, Ron Jeremy, uh, who's apparently a complete monster. We're going to talk about... Uh, so something we've been talking about is people fleeing the cities for the country, uh, at least in their hearts and minds. Uh, but it turns out that the whole real estate boom where people were like, nobody's buying in the cities, everybody's buying in the country, is a myth that uh, is being 
uh, perpetuated by people, you know, the fact that the mainstream media is all in New York uh, and their rich friends are like moving to the suburbs, basically. So we're going to talk about all of that, plenty more. But first, Priscilla, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Let's see. Let's see what this is. Uh, successfully removed from an email account, uh, from email, uh, an email list. Listen, now that may not sound <laughs> special, okay? Right. But it is to me because I get spammed all day long. So yeah. I have been trying to, like, I currently have 16,797 unread emails. Um, and so I'm like slowly trying to take that number down. And I've been proud of myself for unsubscribing from things lately. That is, uh, I think, horrifying to a lot of <laughs> listeners. There are like those <laughs> listeners who are like, I have to have it at zero or like be be close within striking distance of zero. I am one of you, however. I have like hundreds of thousands of unread spam emails or doubled up like email inboxes that both receive the same thing. So I'm like getting multiple so I don't have to check it. But yeah, I have like uh, tens of, if not hundreds of thousands of unread emails. Uh, and I respect it. Thank you. I've Thank gotten you. bad lately too. Uh, wait, wait, are you saying your main e email inbox, Priscilla, is 100,000? No, I don't have 100,000, 16,000. <laughs> but yeah, and, and it's my main inbox, yeah. Okay, that's a little wild for me, but I can't, I am one of you guys because I just looked at my email inbox and I have 1,600, so I have uh, 1,681 unread emails from that's my- That's really good. And then I have 76 unread text messages. Now that happens because, you know, sometimes it's group chats, but then all there's like 40 of these that are just people. I wish you could like mark something unread on your text messages like you can your email. Right? Because it's yeah. stressful. It's very stressful. I have 366 uh, unread okay, text messages. Oh, wow. Text? Wow. Okay, Jack. You tripping. <laughs> Never ever reach out to Jack. <laughs> I have 10, zero text messages. Uh, Gmails. Oh, my uh, God. 857 in my mail. Then now I know not to text Jack. Who wee You go you hear from him next year. <laughs> Listen, I've done that once on a dating app because um, I'm really bad with them. And I was on, it was like Bumble or some shit. And somebody had messaged me. And I messaged them eight months later. And I was like, you still single? <laughs> <laughs> So I'm looking back through them and it's just stuff where it's like somebody texted me three words that like I was able to read. Like I didn't need to open it. It was just like previewable. Oh, preview. Yeah. But, he didn't, but obviously, you didn't, obviously you didn't respond. <laughs> That's true. I'm, a, I'm not a huge uh, communicator. I like to be in a cocoon of, uh, yeah. So what is something, uh, Priscilla, you think is overrated? Okay, look, I'm going to get a lot of smoke for this, and I don't care. Um, I, God, just don't come at me, guys. This really is just only going to offend the L.A. population, um, but I just find that the food in L.A. is overrated. Wow. I know. Wow. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Woo -hoo -hoo -hoo. I stop. I'm gonna agree with you. I mean, wait, girl. where's where's the cliff? I, I'll jump right next to you. I'll jump on that. <laughs> girl, can we hold hands? Yes, we can hold. Let's intertwine our fingers because I'm gonna take it a step up and say that L.A. street tacos are ass. Um, they're dry. They're dry. They're flavorless. I don't know why y'all thought some onions and a little bit of cilantro and some dry ass meat was gonna cut it, but hunty, it's terrible. Just cause you gotta, I, if anybody can get in their car and slang some food, y'all getting excited just cause it's coming out the car? Like, okay. well, I'm gonna get out here in my car then, damn. I mean, I, I completely agree with the taco take. That's absolutely right. The tacos are dry as fuck and flavorless. Uh, that's and they be putting sure. a little, they so cheap with it too. Like I'm from Texas, so I know some Tex-Mex, okay? Yeah. And they so cheap, the avocado juice that they be having on the corner, it don't even be no damn guacamole. They be like, here, pour this green juice on your taco. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Just slime it. Just slime it a little bit. Yeah. I ate it here. It's some radishes. <laughs> what do I want some damn radishes on my damn taco for? I yep. just, I, mm. I mean, I, and the thing is that it's like, 
That's the first thing people tell you. Like, oh, the food is so good out here in LA. <laughs> like, it's so good. And then, like, and listen, I'm from New Jersey. I'm an East Coast queen. Like, we have fantastic food where I come from. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't even let me start talking about pizza right now. Okay? Like, come on. The pizza out here is a joke. And where I'm are you just, from like, in so New Jersey? Um, I am from South Orange, New Jersey, Essex South County. Orange. Okay. Yes. Okay. Are you from New Jersey? Uh, yeah, kind of. My family moved around a lot, but every summer we would go to the Jersey Shore. That was, okay. and my favorite food in the world is from the Jersey Shore. Manco and Manco pizza, uh, uh, real good, real mm, good slice there. Mm, mm. The Jersey Shore is ratchet, Jack. Are you yes. ratchet? <laughs> you know, this I've old been time Jack to... was ratchet. We didn't even know. <laughs> you haven't seen my barbed wire tattoo around my <laughs> bicep? Yeah, beat up the beat. Um, what what's your what do you feel like is the most overrated food? Is it is it the street tacos, Priscilla? Is it you have another he, thing that you feel? I like? mean, here's what here's my assessment of LA food. This is what my problem is with it. It looks amazing. It always looks so pretty and cute, and it's always so interesting and unique. You know what mm, I'm saying? Mm -hmm. These are not food. These are not how I want to describe my food. You know? Right. And then it, and and things are always tasty. But it's like, it's never good. You know what I mean? It's never mm. that like flavorful. It's always like, to me, it's a little bland. And it's like the healthy version of everything is what I would yeah. say. Which is, it's fine. Because I love healthy food. Lacey can attest to that. You know, yes. I love healthy food. And I get I get what it's, what it's about. But it's like, I just feel like LA, like with most things, it's about the presentation, presentation over like the substance, the quality of it. Which could be expanded to everything about L.A. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's um, very true. Because L.A. apartments, I was just talking to somebody about this, how ass it is. We have too much land for these apartments to look like we live in New York City. Like, how right. I got a shoebox, but it's a, a damn park that's miles long right next to my shoebox. We have the land. Like, what is this? Like, <laughs> they try to put so many units on top of each other now. And they'll charge you so much money. I saw... I've been recently looking for condos to buy, and I saw a condo that was 410 square feet, and it was going for $1.6 million. I said, you know what? I just want to schedule a showing so I can beat whoever's listing this ass. That's like, I just want to show up with the community and fight. But just have a fist to cuffs, because this is ridiculous. I hate it here. But I love it here. I'm never leaving. I'm never leaving at all, and I love the food as well. <laughs> uh, there, the heat is just, my favorite thing about LA used to be that it was like never too hot and like when it was hot it was still a dry heat and therefore there were no bugs and that has changed thanks to mm. uh, climate change over the but I still I thought I was tripping I was like am I getting mosquito bites all the time it's they happening. have invaded yeah it's a it's a completely new climate uh, thank you I was yeah. yeah, I went to Palm Springs and was getting bit by mosquitoes. And I was like, what is this? And then I heard the girls are bringing the West Nile. Like, the girls are bringing the West Nile here. Yeah, West Nile is That's... still a thing? I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody got jealous of COVID. They were like, oh, she's getting so much attention. Like, right. West Nile, girls assemble. Yeah. Okay, get a formation. Plague? Yeah. <laughs> Someone just died of the bubonic plague. Yeah. The rats uh, were like, oh, let's bring it back. Yeah. He's like, uh, what? Call call Master Splinter. <laughs> let's go. But I think I think the people who are dying of bubonic plague, like it's always some very uh extreme circumstance where they've eaten some sort of rodent that was sick with it or something. Uh not yeah. not victim blaming with the bubonic <laughs> plague. Bit, Jack. Sounds but like a little I'm little just bit saying. I'm just saying. Fault. Anytime there's a bubonic plague like death, I immediately look at it. I'm like, oh no, like we're all gonna die. And it usually makes me feel at least like it's not gonna be a complete outbreak in the immediate future. Uh, when I, I feel when like I read this is details. a little shade, Jack, because <laughs> I was on the pod like, earlier talking about money. eating possum. <laughs> This is all about me just wanting to <laughs> feel good about my feel good about the fact that I'm not going to die in the immediate future, <laughs> and it is a little bit of shade on anybody who eats possum. Uh, definitely, <laughs> I I got a internet ad that was like people who eat possum for Thanksgiving dinner uh, recently. So I think 
uh, the the Google algorithm listens to the daily zeitgeist. Uh, <laughs> Priscilla, what is something you think is underrated? Um, okay, so hands down, my home state of New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Hands down. I just, I feel like, um, especially, you know, now being a transplant, so people always have to tell you what they think about where you come from. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I mean, as soon as somebody, as soon as I tell somebody I'm from New Jersey, I just get dragged. And I'm like, how? I just, I don't even know you. I get dragged (laughs) to filth. And I mean, I'm just like, also, why would you, like, people are like, oh, you mean the armpit of America? And I'm like, I was literally about to say that. I was just about to say that. Why would you say that to me? That's where I come from. Yeah. New York's garbage dump. Okay. Disrespect. Do you see this shit? (laughs) This is what Uh. I'm talking about. We I think you mispronounced the Garden State, Lacey. <laughs> no, I said what I said. <laughs> no, I think Jack is correct, and that's what I. And that was my point number one. Flowers Thank can you grow in a landfill. That. Flowers can go on a landfill. You okay, know? rude. Okay, and now here's the thing. First of all, as Jack so kindly illustrated, our nickname is the Garden State. You don't get that nickname if you're ugly and dirty. Gardens are pretty. Mm. But can we just say that, like, no one called y'all the Garden State? Like, y'all gave y'all selves that nickname? And much like when is anybody gives themselves work? a nickname... Is that how will you give nicknames it, work? If I give myself the nickname Lil' Beautiful, and then I'm like, everyone calls me Lil' Beautiful, and it's like no one ever actually called me that. Like, that's what y'all did with the Garden State. But you can all call me Lil' Beautiful, because that's what I call myself. Oh, is that how... I didn't even think about that. Is that how... Do states name themselves? I thought that... that I, I think never so. About that. Oh, and also, it doesn't help that... Like, the highway I've probably spent the most time on is the Garden State Parkway. Ugh, and yeah. the view from that is not very gardeny. It's not very verdant. It's okay, more okay. What, <laughs> factories. What highway, what freeway have you been on where the That's view true. is gardening? That's true. The 101? That's true. The, <laughs> the yeah, it's basically, it's basically the one. The, the PCH is the only good view highway. That's barely a highway. Um, right. I mean, but that was y'all trying to brand. Y'all were like, oh, the Garden State well, we Parkway. Don't ha- like, we know what we're looking at. We okay. know what we're right. looking at. Okay, okay. In conclusion, okay, here's what I also I have to say. Not with everybody, this political. She's doing the political thumb. Listen, <laughs> everybody <laughs> she who's doing all the, hands, she is giving doing the Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton thumb. thumb. Yeah, the non-point laser point. point. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. You know, you see, she Lacey lived in New York for a hot seconds, so she inherited their disrespect of our state as well. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so, but as New Yorkers, as soon as they get money and mm-hmm. shit start going right, where do they move to? Connecticut. Okay, you oh. know what? <laughs> Sorry. I don't want to be on this podcast anymore. <laughs> yes, Connecticut as well. Right, I'm sorry. Uh, and also New Jersey. And also New, New Jersey. Yeah. I, I love New Jersey. I love people from New Jersey. I love culture about New Jersey. Uh, and I fully understand all the criticisms or bullshit about New Jersey. I don't, I don't like it when, exactly like you're saying, when there's that knee-jerk... Like, oh, I've New Jersey's uh, the armpit of America shit. Uh, but anybody, like, people who are from New Jersey also talk shit about New Jersey, right? Oh, but I mean, don't you talk? I just dragged LA. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And I'm yeah, like, I'm going to live here until I die. <laughs> but I also, die. I hate like it. That. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, we're entitled to do that, you know? Um, yeah, we I mean, do. I'm from we Texas. So, I mean, mm. everything's I mean, bigger. Drag- Every state. Okay. okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're That's cute. That's not always a good thing. Listen, <laughs> our racism is also bigger, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and armed. 100% right. armed. We do everything the best. That also means we're the best at racism. Mm. <laughs> you got you to take your, your good with your bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And finally, Priscilla, what is a myth? What myth did you Google? <laughs> I forgot I ratted on myself. Um well this okay, I did Google a myth. Um but it it connects a little bit to a little story from my family. So that's why I was like, "Oh, this is I'm going to bring this one up." Nice. Um so it's very adjacent, I should warn you. Um but so the myth is that um lightning does not strike twice in the same place. Mm. Um, but the truth is it does. So if you see some shit strike, you can get struck there again. Yeah. Random and, thing. Right. And also like 
lightning is drawn too high, like po- tall, pointy objects. Like it, mm-hmm. the, it's a very aggressively wrong and like deadly <laughs> myth <laughs> that people like. Why is that a saying? Like it's just it. It's convenient. We needed a saying that meant bad things won't happen like multiple times, but it is exactly wrong about lightning. <laughs> lightning strikes the Empire State Building every time there's a storm in New York. Like Really? Li- I believe oh, it. Oh, yeah, like constantly because it's sticking out above everything else around it. So Yeah. yeah. Well, then maybe the phrase is accurate because it's just like, just like it's trying to say bad things don't happen, you know, over and over again. It's like, yeah, they do. Look at COVID. Right. We were all like, yeah. bad things wants to keep happening to us. And then we're like, oh, they will. Yes, they <laughs> so will. So let's yes. keep that phrase. But how does it tie into your family? Oh, so my, um, so on my mom's side, I'm Haitian, Haitian on my mom's side. And so we still have some cousins who are still in Haiti. And so we have a cousin who both his dad and his son were killed by lightning strikes, uh, like years Holy apart. Shit. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Where? That's- in, in Haiti? Haiti, in Haiti, oh my yeah, God. it happened in Haiti. Wow, isn't that insane? Were they standing in the same spot? They weren't. That's that's what I said. It was adjacent. Right. <laughs> they right. weren't standing in the same spot, but just like that, that whole idea of like it can't happen oh twice. God. Like how how fucked up is that? That is. I feel like wild. I gotta fight my daddy when I get to heaven. Right. Cause like he has something to do with that. He definitely right. has something to do with that. That's when your dad get put, get a hit put out on you from above. <laughs> from above. <laughs> Oh shit! Well, that's terrible. I know, uh, but that—that <laughs> that is. We keep it light here. <laughs> we liked it. Hey, always. How can you not with our current news cycle? Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back in a moment. And we're back. And we've had a mic change, a mic issue occur. So uh, Lacey's going to be coming with the lo-fi sound effect for for the rest of the episode. She's going to sound like she's singing for an indie rock band in the early 2000s. Uh, Look at this photograph. It's <laughs> <laughs> also how I will sound. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's uh, talk through some fuckery. From the Trump administration, uh, the president uh, is encouraging people to vote twice, uh, or he did in a local news interview, uh, which is a, a felony if you do get caught voting twice. Um, in North Carolina, he was saying it in the context of if the system is so good, they will catch you, at which point you will be a felon. You will be <laughs> guilty of uh, a crime, but you know he was just throwing some shit out there uh, that he knew was going to cause chaos. And no, just spitballing. Yeah, just spitballing <laughs> stuff. He, do, well, do crimes. When I read it, 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 it was very much like, okay, well, it, you should send in a mail-in ballot and then you should go to the polls and try to vote. Mm. And then if they stop you, then you know that your vote went through. And I'm like, if they stop you, are they going to call the girls to come get you? Like, right, right. <laughs> for doing crime? Yeah. It's <laughs> Attent- like trying to rob a bank. Like, right. So go and to the bank. And if they stop you. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Say, I have a gun. Give you me know you're gun. caught. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how you know that your gun works, is <laughs> if you go and they stop you, that's... The that's, that's how the you sign. Know. Yeah. yeah, that's the only way to test, though. So, you gotta, <laughs> yeah. so everybody should do this. Um, and that O'Brien tweeted uh, at CNN, uh, really disappointed in the way that they were uh, headlining it because they were like, "It appears that Trump may have told his voters to vote twice." Possibly, like, no. not really, Possibly kind of, maybe. sort of, but definitely. <laughs> A sprinkle of uh, doubt and a lot of allegedly, <laughs> but um, what? <laughs> Just tell the truth. Yeah. I think like what what trips me out so much about this is like, <laughs> I just can't believe we're still sitting here going like, this is fine. We're fine. This right. is fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's almost like the media will be like, oh man, Trump, it's like a think piece. Trump was about to say or do something crazy. 
And then without fail, Trump does and says that crazy thing, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, they're t- it's like, I don't know. I just feel like we are just getting played to the highest level of, I don't even know. How? <laughs> right. Like, I mean, it's, it's just like, he can't be stopped. That's the weird thing. It's like, we have, we have laws and I, you know, I love to skirt This dude laws. is impeached. <laughs> right. Laws are suggestive. I'm, you know, I'm like, I'll follow the laws I want to follow. Um, so I understand where Trump comes from in that sense, but it's like, if you're the president, you're supposed to be following the laws and we tell you you're not. And then everybody's like, well, that's all we can do is write a strongly written letter. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Or a think piece on how we're counting votes. on op-eds being the thing that would uh, keep him in order. That, that was what it was up to this point. And then a president it, came in and was just like, no, I'm just going to do crimes and not give a fuck what you write in op-eds. And in the RNC, Melania's technically lawfully not supposed to give a speech in the rose garden running for office like or promoting campaigning like that's a law that we have and everybody was like oh damn they broke the law again (laughs) well 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 (laughs) oh well nothing we can do (laughs) uh bill barr was on wolf blitzer's show who uh all power to cnn wolf blitzer he is our dumbest mainstream journalist. I don't know if you guys have seen the Celebrity Jeopardy that he was on, but it is just, it's all, it's vacant in there. It is empty inside <laughs> behind, behind that uh, serious looking face. Uh, and yeah, that's, just tumbleweeds. It is. But he looks I mean, so it's smart. Fun. He does. He and looks wise, so smart. Know, the hair. And, and the beard that he keeps cropped at like exactly like one eighth of an inch um, mm-hmm. is very studied. He knows exactly how to appear like, like a serious journalist, but he's cosplaying like an intellectual, like intellectual yeah. cosplay. <laughs> yeah. Glasses. And yeah, them glasses took it over. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's on there and uh, trying to pin down Bill Barr, and Bill Barr is like, just won't admit to the idea that what the president said when he told people to go out and commit crimes to help him win the election uh, was not okay. He's like, well, I don't know what the local laws are, uh, but <laughs> what he was trying to say. So, you know. How, <laughs> I don't know what how, the locals do. But I'm <laughs> like, what? <laughs> how can you know? You know, as the <laughs> the chief lawyer in the whole the head of being lawyers in, in all of the, country. the united states <laughs> how how could you know um it's like there's yeah, blue I mean, laws i don't know maybe they can maybe they right. can vote twice somewhere right but yeah i mean the, to your point on the rnc uh front like it's you know pompeo is supposed to be somebody who is not political is completely nonpartisan, but he was part he was giving speeches as part of uh the rnc that was like should have been totally unprecedented and like the biggest headline of the day that the secretary of state was you know throwing his weight behind one of the candidates uh but nobody gives a shit and same Mm -hmm. thing's true of bill barr he's supposed to be in charge of you know keeping things uh honest and instead he is like chief lead blocker for Trump crimes. So Daniel Prude is a black man in Rochester who was murdered by police in March, uh, and the video was just released. uh, And it's just very clear. They put something called a spit hood on his head that has been implicated in lots of deaths. uh, And he his autopsy found he died via you know uh homicide via asphyxiation so Mm -hmm. and then we got a another angle on the dijon kizzy uh shooting and you know the the police's version of this that we were somewhat skeptical of uh was they said that he dropped a gun and then went to pick it up and Mm -hmm. we now have it's still very grainy but Seems like he's just running away and they shoot him while he's on the ground 20 times. And so there are protests 
uh, and you know people coming out to demonstrate for uh, police reform uh, in Rochester and in Los Angeles. But the Daniel Prude video is just such a clear example of why police abolition and police defunding is an emergency. It's not like a punitive thing where people are just like, you know, well, they did bad, so we need to take away their funding. It is an absolute emergency that these untrained, armed, violent uh, people are being called out when there's a mental health crisis. And that that's what is happening in the video. And they, you know, uh, rather than de-escalating, uh, he ends up dead. They kill him. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think that maybe <clears throat> if defunding the police sounds punitive to you, the way that you can look at it is, is redirecting those resources towards people who can actually help you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get, let's let's get homeless people off of the street because it's more expensive to have them unhoused than it would be to give them places to live. Like, let's have, you know, if you're having a domestic violence dispute, let's bring someone to your house who's not going to have a gun and escalate things. <laughs> like, there are just so many situations where the police are not properly trained to do what we're asking them to do. And that's why this stuff is happening. Also, this is a weird conspiracy theory. I'm I'm saying conspiracy theory here, guys. But I've been seeing this float around on the internet a lot of like, so obviously like the police know the heat's on when it comes to these like murders of unarmed black men, especially the ones who are running away. And it's like, why are they still doing it? I'm seeing a lot of conspiracy theories that are like this, they're joining this club called the executioners. Like you kill somebody and then you are a part of this elite group um, that's been floating around a Is lot, which I was like. Wait, okay. <laughs> are you talking about the And? I, I believe his name is Andres. I, I think he was in California, a Latinx yeah. teenager, and they said that the reason why he was murdered was because the guy was the police officer was trying to get into this the police gang and get his ink, his tattoo that proved that he yeah. had killed somebody. That's what you're referring to. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm referring. But is to. is that that's real, right or no? I mean, it's just something that people are saying, so I can't confirm that it's true or not. I know that, that that's what they were trying to charge him with, so perhaps in Los Angeles, at least, that there's a police gang. Um, but yeah. well, it's oh, not the first is. time that I've there heard is. of police gangs. There, yeah. is a, there is a police gang called the Executioners in Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department um, that mm. it was anonymously reported uh, by a sheriff's police deputy. Officer, right? Yeah, a police okay. officer who was like, there's this gang that's been kind of known for uh, a while, for years, that this is a thing and um, it has been implicated in a lot of these shootings. Um, but yeah, it is the, their, the, the police's response to, to any criticism has been complete, like acting like petulant children, like who are right. having temper tantrums. Uh, and, you know, so I think they're, it, I can easily believe there's some systemic like gang initiation thing going on. I can also believe that it's just uh, lashing out because they feel like they're beyond reproach. And the fact that people are criticizing them makes them like lean in. Um, just looking at that New York uh, police union press conference where. Oh my God. That was insane. <laughs> that was like. And thank you, girl. And that's corny. And that's the thing about that's the thing about the mythos, if you will, of like you know the what do you call it? Like the not the American dream, but that like you know I'm an American and I you know I fight for my country and you know like it's like it doesn't even feel genuine when you see them do it. Feels it's like manufactured emotion, you know. And it's like, like you said, corny. Like, what are you talking about? I just wanted to be like, dog, what are you talking about? Like, nothing substantive. And it's like, you're forcing tears out. And like, it just was so messy and 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 just so clear that like, they just, they don't, they have no intention of making any change. Like, they just double down on their trash. Yeah. yeah. And also, why do we see police officers? I think there's just been so many years of copaganda. And I think I might have mentioned it on the show, but I just like had an audition come in for a very prestigious television show yeah. to play a cop. And I was like, 
fuck the police. Like, yeah. love y'all, but fuck the police. Uh, which was hard for me because I was like, damn, you know, like the coins could be cute, the claim could be cute. And it's like, I'm auditioning still, but I was like, no, I cannot glorify and be a likable cop anymore. Like, fuck that. Why do we give, you know, I see so many comments on Twitter and online and different places like, well, why didn't you just like respect the police and like they should have just complied? And Amanda Steele's had a post on her page recently where she was saying, you know, everyone always tries to tell folks like they should comply with the police and and, the, and that's why they're getting shot by the police. But it's like, why aren't the police walking into situations ready for people not wanting to comply, considering don't nobody want to go with the police? But they are. But that's the point is that they are right. Like you're training. You Like that's like training 101. Like nobody wants to go with the popo. <laughs> like right. like well, you be prepared. Like, Yay. But that's but that's also start, but that's also part of their defense, right? So it's like that two that double sided coin where it's like they act like they're surprised, but also like you. That's also your excuse for why you come in so hopped up, right? Is that like, well, you know, I'm, I'm everybody's coming to get me. Everybody's out to get me. Nobody, right? So which one is it? Is it that everybody's out to get you, or is it the opposite of that? And it's like. <sighs> That's the other we've seen too many times with white people that it's not that you're scared. It's just you want to murder black folks. Like, how are white folks shooting 40 rounds at you and you're taking them into custody? How does right. that happen? You right. know what I mean? But then you thought that a black man who was running away from you right. maybe was going to get a gun and then you shot him 20 times on the ground. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm tired of white folks trying to tell us that we need to respect the police. The police are just regular ass people at a regular ass job. I pay the salary of the police and they are just like the garbage man. I got to comply to the garbage man because they work for the city. The fuck? Like, these are just people who have jobs. I don't go to the mall and be like, I got to comply with the girl working the counter. Like, everyone should have the same level of respect. You don't you're not above me if you're a police officer. And we've trained everyone to believe that. Well, not everyone, girl, because white people are disrespectful as hell to police officers. <laughs> right. I've seen it. And, you know, I used to have like I used to have a like a secondary white privilege in my head. Like I swear to growing up in like a predominantly white town, I'm, you know, I would see my white friends doing all kind of I thought I could do that shit, too. You know, Same. and I did. And you know what? I did get away with a lot of shit with that mentality Same. at times, you know, but there were definitely times where the buck fucking stopped, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I'm like, no, white people are not like. Like, oh my God, I can't tell you how many white people I've seen curse out cops. You get like, fuck out of here. <laughs> I mean, just look at how the people in Michigan, those militia people responded to the local government asking them to wear masks. They went into the state house fully armed to the teeth and, you know, were pulling shit that would have caused, if they were not white, would have caused the entire you know, local uh, police force to just, you know, start the next civil war. It's we know that the police exist to oppress us and to uphold white supremacy. So that's why they're saying y'all just need to comply because those are the people that we pay to keep y'all niggas down. (laughs) That's what it is. We know. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of uh, (laughs) white people not complying with shit. (laughs) Sturgis happened not too long ago and somebody is dead because of it now. Six-year-old man uh, who, you know, he basically went to the ICU right after returning from Sturgis. Sturgis is this big biker rally where uh, everybody went, went to bars, didn't wear masks. Buying into that new flavor of toxic masculinity that's like, if I die, I die, I don't give a shit. And it's like, well, you're killing yourself, so that's not cool for your loved ones, but also you're killing the people around you, you're spreading the disease. So now uh, hundreds of cases have been uh, traced to Sturgis. Uh, mm-hmm. This first death has now been recorded. Uh, he was old and had pre- pre-existing conditions, so... Uh, I guess he doesn't count according to the Adam Carolla rule, uh, where um, we're all idiots if we if if we worry about the elderly and people with pre-existing conditions. Um, but yeah, I mean, this it's 
like this is exactly what we knew was going to happen. Uh, so it's sort of strange to be still talking about it, but it's this is the world we live in now that it's sort of watching this thing happen in slow motion that we know is going to happen because science exists and right. is real. And yeah, it's just this weird cadence where it's like, and now that story that we said was going to happen right now is happening right now. Um, that's like what I was saying about the Trump thing. Like, I feel yeah. like that's the world we live in now. It's like, we, we all know we just said this was going to No. Oh, we just gonna let it happen. Okay. Right. Well, yeah. can't do anything about it. <laughs> Also, yeah. coronavirus is like not a cute death. Like no. you can't be around your cute friends life. and family. You have to, they, they intubate you. That's very, very uncomfortable. Like nothing about it. It's not like you're like, you know, peacefully going to sleep, you know, at 84. Like it's like a kind of, it's traumatic. It's a yep. traumatic way to go. And so it's weird to me to see so many of these um, 60 plus or any, honestly, any age, because we don't know how it's going to affect your your body, you know, your organs afterwards, even if you survive it, it could become a pre-existing health condition for you having right. had Corona. But it's weird to me that people are just like, you know what? I really need to stand in this bar with all these leather d clad dudes. And, right. and I need it so bad. I'll, I'll die on a respirator for it. <laughs> like, yeah. It, you, you know, know leather you can rub at home and whiskey you can drink at home. Like and, and that's what that's what throws me so hard. I'm like, for a party? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> like <laughs> you guys, Smash Mouth was there. So, oh, okay. I in mean, that case. <laughs> that's that's something you can't really <laughs> replicate. It's so like that, they that, were uh, saying like fuck corona or something on stage right yeah yeah they were like and yeah they said fuck coronavirus it wasn't clear if they were just mad at the actual virus or if they were mad at anything that was inhibiting their ability to all stand next to each other um, imagine dying for smash mouth yeah I mean, imagine dying for remember that that that, that uh, party up on Mulholland like two weeks ago or three weeks ago mm -hmm. where they shot up the party and t two people died or one or two people died. And it was like, but it was like in the middle of COVID and like what it was like 200 people in a mansion party on Mulholland. And then if that wasn't bad enough, they were shooting like I was like for a party, y'all. Was it worth right. it? Right. Fuck. Uh, all right. Well, let's take another break and we'll come back and talk about more awful shit. And we're back. Uh, and uh, up top real quick, the rewatch for this weekend. So Jamie Loftus is going to be my co-host on Monday's episode. Uh, she has chosen to rewatch the movie The Frozen Ground. Hey, Daily Zeitgeist fans, this is your boy DJ Daniel. Uh, what Jack just told you is a bold faced lie. Jamie Loftus will not be watching Frozen Ground. She's going to watch Boss Baby. So if you want to get down with what young Zamboni is watching, watch Boss Baby on Netflix. Now, back to the show. Um, and then I am going to rewatch The Smurfs. Uh, because as a favor to my children, uh, and also <laughs> because I, I want to hurt myself. I don't know. I don't know why I'm watching the Smurfs. Uh, it's looks very bad, uh, but it is number two. I have to understand why it is number two. So I will be watching that. Have you guys seen the Smurfs? Um, no, that like that new, like the new version, like the digital, right? Or, the digital like... one, right? Where it's Neil Patrick Harris and then. The Smurfs. They look like they're in the Blue Man Group. Well, so they come through. It's like cartoon mixed with uh, reality. So like oh. live action. My kids call uh, li anything live action adult movies, which is weird because then they're like, yeah, we were watching <laughs> adult movies uh, around there. Teachers Jack, and friends. Jack, you have CPS and, like. Yeah. Uh, uh, kids keep telling us on Zoom school that they're watching adult movies. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but Mary so Poppins to them is adult movies. So, um, <laughs> cartoons are kid movies. That's so cute. They're adorable. All right, guys, let's talk about Ron Jeremy. Oh um, lord! There are twenty more sexual assault charges filed against him. He's being accused of sexually assaulting thirteen different women since two thousand four. 
I don't know. Like I, I was just looking through all these like Getty images of him, like when he was on the party scene, which was like up until a year ago. But there's just this like very like early two thousands guys who were in Entourage and American Pie scene that I don't know. It's like they were. I ran into Ron Jeremy once in a Bank Ooh. of America, and he was creepy. He wow. stared at me for an inappropriate amount of time. Like it was like you know when somebody's staring at you and then you look like they're probably not staring at me, and then you look again and you like they're still looking at me. Okay, mm. they they're definitely looking at me. It was very much that where it was just like he was just gonna look as long as he wanted, and I was like, this is very weird. Um, and I realized he was Ron Jeremy, and I was like, oh, this is even worse. <laughs> so I like got my shit and like tiptoed out of there. But so I believe like he's a creep. <laughs> I believe yeah. it. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, he was always, even before this, we considered him a creep. But I just, the thing that really takes me about this story is like, and it really speaks to like what sexual assault really is about, right? It's about power and, you know, control. But it's like, dog, you're like a porn star. You've been a porn star since the 70s. Like, I don't, was it really that challenging for you to find, to, to have sex? Like that you had to, that like, it just, it just, just speaks to that whole power dynamic where it's like, but you could, you could have, you, you probably had sex with hundreds of people and can have sex probably anytime you want, any day of the week. Right. But you had to go rape people. Yeah. I mean, it's that whole like, ah, Ron Jeremy, like sort of bro shit was enabling this shit you know it was mm-hmm. like seen as like cool like by dudes who eat at pink taco or like whatever you know like just <laughs> oh, that God. fucking yeah. scene and everyone knows like he's well endowed or whatever so i think men are always like very weirdly excited by that they're like oh yeah that's cool he's a cool guy just because he has uh, appendage that's larger than normal it's weird uh yeah. and gross so but i mean he also wasn't ron jeremy was in that time where m- so many women were being taken advantage of i have yeah. friends who were like i watched i i may destroy you which i really loved um it's very it's by michaela cole it's about mm. sexual assault it's difficult to watch it's not like a feel-good show but it does have its funny moments and she's really good with the subject matter but I was talking to friends afterwards and they were like, yeah, I watched that show. And then I realized like, oh, I've been assaulted. It was just so common. The things right. that were happening to women that we didn't, some of us didn't even know. Like, oh, you're not supposed Very to take the recently. condom off during sex without telling me. Oh, you're not supposed to violate my consent in all these ways. And we didn't know. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, and, so, and sometimes you did know. But it was so socially acceptable for men to press you for sex and, you know, do inappropriate things. Yeah. So it's like, of course, he's, so many people are going to come out now and be like, oh, we feel empowered because one, there's been a movement that's uplifted women's voices in a way that's never happened before. And two, they're like, oh, that horrible time where I felt bad afterwards, that was assault. Like, right. Yeah. The the Jeremy accusations range from uh, a child at a party in 2004, a 15-year-old child. Uh, and then they go up to as recently as New Year's Day of 2020. So it's, you know, scary, yeah. horrifying shit. I'm just always so mystified by p- these men who are powerful. And I mean, granted, you know, his power is subjective, but I mean, the guy, you know, the fact that we even know about him, like he wasn't famous right. when we, you know, he's from the 70s, whatever, you know? Right. But that's how lasting his, his, um, persona has been but it just always trips me out with these powerful men and people women you know but it's like you already isn't that why people work so hard to get the power and the money so that they can just like so people want to have sex with you so people want to sleep with you so they throw themselves like just but it's it's like part of the the allure which is like gross and like what like i think there are people who are pre that that's one of the things that we keep coming up against as we kind of pay close attention to American culture uh for this show is that there's something very predatory uh that lends itself to being good at capitalism that also lends itself to being a absolute like criminal and monster. 
Mm. Right, because mm-hmm. if you're good at capitalism, then you're probably an excellent predator. Right. And it's yeah. also weird to me that so many men, like even if you don't consider yourself a pedophile, will like hang out with pedophiles. Yeah. Like how many people were hanging out with Epstein knowing exactly what was going on? Even if they didn't touch on nobody, you're still a weirdo for being there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Gladwell, Thomas Picker, yeah. uh, Wait, Matt Wait, what? Malcolm yes. Gladwell? Yeah. Yes. He, he was, was on the, on the on Lolita the Express. On the Lolita Express on the flight logs. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, wow. That's really painful. What? Like, he's that cool of a guy? I've never never, 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 seen anybody be like, hey, that dude's a pedo. And I'm like, oh, let me go kick it with him. Like, I don't want to kick it with his weird ass. Right. (laughs) I wonder how many people, like, who have been, you know, on Jeffrey Epstein's island and all that. Like, I wonder, like, what if it was crazy and it was like, if you were there, you were participating. Like, what if that's really what the deal is? So every person who's ever been there was involved in some way. Do you? I can't imagine a version of reality where these people go there and don't know the reputation. Like we all knew the reputation. Like, uh, you know, just like if you read a single article about this dude, like after the year two thousand, I think eight, like he was a known quantity, and these people were, you know, hanging with him. I'm like, it was an open secret. Like, I I don't know how. Any, I can't think, imagine any version of reality where they weren't at least fully aware that they were doing something like shady or like were taking a risk, like with, right at, at the very least. I wonder about Naomi Campbell a lot because she's been seen in a lot of photos with them and some of the assaults that were, um, that were like adjacent to things that she was doing. Like one of the girls, uh, said that she was assaulted by, uh, the French hotel connoisseur, that guy who owned the hotels or whatever, that mogul, while she was waiting to go to Naomi Campbell's birthday party. So it's like Naomi Campbell, and she's in a lot of photos. There's photos of her with one of the girls who said that Prince Andrew assaulted her. Like, mm-hmm. it's just too many photos where Naomi's like, hey, I'm like, Naomi, what, what are you doing over here? She's over here. She was pretty young at the time, and you know, she's a supermodel. I can't say that if somebody was like, get on this private jet, like, you think I'm not gonna pack my little tote and get on the jet? I'm gonna get on the G5. Right. So maybe she didn't know, but I don't know, Charles. This is too many photos. It's a lot of photos. (laughs) It's a lot. But I, I think, I don't know. She's also. A woman who I I don't know if she's not being directly implicated in making the things happen. Like maybe we uh, prioritize the the men who are actually doing the exactly. Yeah, no, there's plenty of men. I'm not trying to throw Naomi under the bus. I was just like she was one of those people that I was like, I don't know why she's hanging out. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, sort of a correction. Uh, This next story, uh, we we'd been talking about how. There's a lot of stories like the New York Times was writing about it. The Washington Post was writing about this idea that American cities were emptying out. People were moving to the suburbs. Uh, I was talking about it as more of a part of an overall trend we were seeing where like popular culture about how like the country is better than, uh, you know, the city was proliferating. And also there were like these Trump uh, style like video games that had the ethos of, you know, white supremacy and Trump's America kind of built into them. So there is sort of this misconception that's being spread by these, by the New York Times and Washington Post and MSNBC, um, where they, they want to claim that like the cities are all emptying out because people are, you know, scared because of the pandemic and the uprisings. Mm-hmm. And it's not true. It's basically true of only Manhattan, but not Brooklyn. Like people aren't leaving. They're leaving Manhattan and San Francisco because they were already before the pandemic leaving Manhattan and San Francisco because those cities are uh, overpriced to the point of like nobody can live there. Like literally nobody can live there anymore. But everywhere else, they're not seeing any reality to the idea that people are are leaving urban areas for the suburbs 
it's just a misconception that's probably being spread by the fact that a lot of the media is in man are people who live in Manhattan and have rich friends who can just like relocate to New Jersey, for instance. <laughs> I was about to say that. I was like, and where would they relocate to, Jack O'Brien? Let right. let them know. There you go. <laughs> I mean, is there going to be a time where the market is going to turn in Manhattan? Like the prices have just been climbing so far upwards. It's like, is there going to be a time where it plummets? Like, you know what I mean? Because it feels yeah. like. It's just too expensive. Yeah, I think it's starting to, but it was already starting to before uh, before COVID. It's just like a price correction. Mm. I think like, um, I mean, isn't San Francisco more expensive than New York? Yeah, I think it's the most expensive. The most expensive. So, I mean, New York still has a little buffer. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There you go. Well, because San Francisco is being fueled by... Tech the techs, yeah, yeah, yeah. And tech just, nightmare people, <laughs> right? Yeah, there's also it's, this. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I was just gonna say there's this really interesting article by this guy who was contacted by tech billionaires who have created these doomsday bunkers. Uh, this is before COVID or anything, but they had created these bunkers that they were contacting him to what they call water test, which is basically like, see that the, make sure that this has every angle covered so that when like money is no longer a thing, they can like live self-sufficiently in these solar powered bunkers for eternity, essentially. And he, so he wrote about that a couple years ago. And they were kind of tying it to the fact that society does seem to be crumbling because of the Trump administration. But he was also writing about how in COVID, he's starting to see people withdraw into their little tech bubbles. It it was interesting. It was like the whole tech industry is so inherently misogynistic and like built by men for men. He talks about an early experience he had with Uh, I think Timothy Leary, uh, where he was looking at the MIT Media Lab and was like, why is there not a single woman on Mm. the board of this this lab? And then he looked at the technology they were creating and he was like, that's so, that makes so much sense. They're just trying to recreate the womb. It's like the one like male drive is to like get rid of any friction, any discomfort because men are ultimately like have much lower pain threshold and discomfort threshold than women do. And yeah, it's just an interesting, and now that COVID is happening and there's like all this conflict around people are withdrawing into these virtual bubbles that were designed by these like all male media labs, you know, a decade ago. Um, Wow. It's it's, so depressing. It is. I just, it's so weird how much men hate women. And I feel like the tech conglomerate is like the place where they really hate women. They hate us over there. Who just spent their whole life beating on their little keyboards, just getting mad, getting mad Mm. that nobody would love them. Uh, Like, we'll show you. All we need is your womb, bitch. Right. (laughs) Right. We're womb and some lips. We want lips that feel soft and a womb. (laughs) <laughs> they just take the things. It's like no, you need human interaction with a woman. You do if if you're attracted to them. Um, also, we're like humans. Them. You can just be friends as well. In addition nope, to no, nope. only sex people. Sorry, don't get out of your <laughs> way. Only sex people, yeah. <laughs> and we can definitely not have any opinions. I just think that if you work in a company where there are no women, I can guarantee you that your shit is not fire. It it's is not. not- as fire as you think it <laughs> so. Is. That's exactly what I'm about to say. I was like, you want to have no women on this? It's trash. Right. You don't even want to have just one woman who you just run everything by. Like, hey, Let girl, me... tell us what's wrong. Like, here's, right. the th- here's the thing. Of This is the thing. Okay, hey, girl, tell us what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then, that's how they would ask. Um, that's the thing about the patriarchy. And that's the thing about any kind of oppressive system. It ends up fucking the people who created it themselves, right? Yeah, So like, absolutely. So, like, the patriarchy, like... Y'all, like, no, no disrespect to men. I Actually, all the disrespect to men, yes, okay? Please. But, like, you know, this is the analogy I always use for this. I think it's something like 
some crazy number, like 30 or 40% of men who are colorblind. I think it's something like that compared to like, I think it's like, I want to say like 8% of women who are colorblind. Mm. So I always say like, y'all can't even see the colors in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't even see what's right in front of you. And you're, and you're preventing half of the population who can see all that. Like we women... And this has been proven a bunch of times that like we just are just more attuned to detail. Like we see here everything. We know everything that's going on. And that's really not a biological thing. That's because we've been trained up to do that, you know? Right. And so it's like, you guys, it's like, so you you put all these, you know, when we wonder why the world is the way it is, it's because of that. You cut out half of the population. So you don't you're losing that amount of creativity, that intelligence, that ingenuity. And then y'all are not even the best at doing stuff. <laughs> like you can't run a house. You can be like you you can't get y'all are just messy. And it's like we're here and you don't utilize what we have to offer and all because you want to keep the power. And what right. does that do? It creates the world that we're in now where we got oil spills every five days where, mm. you know, the, the, the ozone layer is, you know, is opening and closing depending on what COVID's doing, mm. you know, <laughs> do we stay <laughs> in the house or do we not? You know what I mean? We have like every, like if you can't run a household, how can you run a business? How can you and run that, a country? How can you run a country? Yeah. How can you run a world? Right. You know, and Priscilla, it's one in 12 men are colorblind in the world and one in 200 women are colorblind in the world. So the statistic, it stands even with your metrics. Like, yeah, it's wild. So it's wild. And when I heard that, I was like, wait, what? Y'all can't even see the colors. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and I'm competing against, you know, I have to fight like 10 times as hard to be taken seriously for people to listen to me. And I'm like, and I can see the colors. <laughs> is that the tech woman flex? Like if you're working in tech as a woman, like a guy challenges you and you're like, what color is that ball? <laughs> Tell everybody right now in front of the class. <laughs> right? No, we don't want to shame people for their disability, but no. it is like, come on, <laughs> man, we could help you. We could help. You. Yeah, you know that's the point, and you're not tapping into this resource, and you wonder why. Just, just, just from the fundamental aspect of imbalance, like Absolutely. it's just imbalance, and so that's artificial why so enforced balance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of it goes back to you know sexual insecurity and you know, biblical times where they just decided we're going to make this whole thing about like finding ways to make women do what men want to do. Right. Yeah. And they All were the working for a mind. while. They yeah. had us, they had us in the first half. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know, uh, Oh, I got a myth. <laughs> there you go. Let's hear it. Am I late? <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a myth, y'all. So you know, you know, there's the myth of, and you may have heard of this, but like the the hunter gatherer, like why, you know, back when we were hunter gatherers, why was it that men went to hunt and women stayed home to mm. like do the berries and whatever? I don't know. They always tell you about picking berries, right? Yeah. <laughs> Get them motherfucking <laughs> do berries. The berries. Mm. Do the berries. So, you know, the myth is that, you know, well, men were strong, men were faster, men, and that's why they would go out hunting. But the real, the true reality behind that is this, and this is from an anthropologist, that when women, when, when men would go out, right, a hunting party of like six, if three, if only three came home, um, it would be sad, it would be horrible, everybody would be sad, but eventually village life would go back to normal, you know? Right. But if a hunting party of six women went out and only three came back, the village would fall apart. And right. that's because women contributed so fucking much. And so as a result of that, like, so we have this myth that it's like, you know, strength. And that's why, you know, guys go out there. And but the truth is that that, you know, uh, hunter gatherer societies recognize the the importance and the value of women to the society and how integral we were. And if you got if you lost one of us, you would feel the impact. I mean, it's genetically encoded that if, if, uh, like basically hungry mothers give birth to more daughters because in a time of greater hunger, like where fewer people are surviving, daughters are like women are the more precious, you know, the more important, valuable, uh, human being. And so when yeah. there's hunger, uh, the human body just naturally switches to giving birth to daughters. And 
it's not like the human body's thinking that. It's that that is what is better for the survival of the species, and therefore that is what has come down to us through evolution. That's so dope. Damn. Yeah. I mean, we uh, have a bomb, right, Lacey? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Priscilla, it has been so fun having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where can people find you and follow you? Okay. <laughs> you can follow me at Priscilla Davies Actor on IG. And on Twitter, I'm QOT Desert, as in Queen of the Desert. Oh, shit. Uh, and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Um, yeah, I, I got a tweet that I really liked. Missy Elliott didn't write, girls, 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 get that cash, whether it's nine to five or shaking your ass. Mm. In 2002, for people to still be shaming sex workers in 2020. Mm. Love it. It's a word. <laughs> Lazy shout where out can to people the sex find... workers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, shout out to the sex workers. Uh, sorry about Bella Thorne. Um, you guys <laughs> can find me at D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I Diva Lacey on all platforms. I have a podcast called Scam Goddess. If you like scams and comedy, come on over here. And then tweets that I've been enjoying. Here's one that said, y'all, I just made five cents on my first stock. I don't see how y'all do that nine to five shit. Better tap in. There's <laughs> 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 like, like a bunch of people underneath posting their Acorns accounts. And they're like, I just got three cents on my hey. other stock. Like, I'm a billionaire. Or like, I don't want to pay taxes. Here's another mm. one. Um, this is from Eileen Mary O'Connell. She says, thinking about the time that I said I was distantly related to Marie Curie, and a guy explained to me it's pronounced Mariah Carey. And Mariah yeah. Carey retweeted it and said, she has two Nobel Prizes. I have two Diamond albums. We're practically the same person. <laughs> <laughs> and then one more. This is from Executive Chef Cole. He says, versus track for track, who y'all got? And it's a picture of Steve Smith from American Dad and Stewie Griffin from Family Guy. <laughs> And then they, Steve wins. Steve has hits. He has mm. bops. Mm -hmm. I encourage you to find that thread if you want to like laugh because people are just putting down all the music videos that Steve's ever done. They're good. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. A couple of tweets I've been enjoying. Imogen tweeted, oh, you're human? Name every picture with stop signs. Uh, and then <laughs> Sophia Cadigan tweeted, anyone else rip their mask off when they get into the car like they've just finished a disappointing surgery on Grey's Anatomy? Uh, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes where we Foot link notes. off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as the song we ride out on and super producer Anna Hosnier is keeping the reggae vibes going with <laughs> Glass House by Kali Buds hey. uh, so we will ride out on that uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio for more podcasts from iHeartRadio visit the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that is going to do it for this morning we'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending and we'll talk to you all then bye while you in on your feelings I said to great man I smoke up buckle on the any street me say no go some people only want to hate from them woke up you have to love your life forget you in on your feelings hold up on your girl with your dirty heart me see through your fake smile that's before the part me see through you you're not real notice from the start and ask me why one shot well I'm on another level yeah, but not the devil who live in a glass house, no 